the others. <laughs> One of them had trash about up to your knees, right? <laughs> and so I, it was kind of an ugly duckling, but it had a real potential. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode of the interview with our best ever guest, I want to mention FunNet Flip because FunNet Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, So go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Okay, here's a no-brainer. Since you're a real estate entrepreneur, you know that selecting a health insurance plan is a real pain and dealing with the whole process is a pain. That's why I've partnered up with Stride Health and they make the whole process really easy and they have a personal concierge service for you to help you out. They've got a fancy algorithm that helps find the right health plan just for you and on average they can save you 400 bucks a year and it only takes 10 minutes. Go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever. That's S-T-R-I-D-E-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com forward slash best ever. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show that cuts out all the fluffy stuff and gets straight to the best real estate advice that helps you make more money and spend the time how you want to spend your time. With us today, we have a wonderful best ever guest who is joining us from Juneau, Alaska. And so we've got to give him a proper hello. How you doing, Mike Boyer? Oh, great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to have you on the show. Mike is a part-time landlord. He has graduate degrees in management and law and over a decade of experience as a successful do-it-yourself landlord. He's an author of a book. You've got to check it out. It's titled... Every Landlord's Guide to Managing Property. And his focus, as I mentioned, it's a, he's a part-time landlord. He's got six, six units, been up to 10 units, and he's developed systems that we're going to talk about a little bit and uh, different experiences that he's had and what he's learned from those. So with that being said, Mike, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yeah, sure, Joe. You know, it's funny how we all come to landlording. It can be by design or... You know, it can just happen. But I realized it's, it's part of my life's journey. I think at 16, I had an odd jobs, you know, a little company that I started, you know, as a part-timer. And uh, all of that mowing lawns and cleaning gutters was training. You know, all the monopoly around the dinner dinner table was was training to be a landlord. And um, 
sure enough, I um, went into an academic background, but I like to keep a foot into the practical side of things. And so when I, I think I had my my first uh, condo, I was going to move on. I thought I'll sell it. And you know, I picked up a Lee Robinson and a JP DeSema, and I thought I could rent this rascal. I can hustle a little bit, and I I just really liked it and fit uh, my personality and my lifestyle. And so here we are today, you know, ten twelve years later, and uh, and writing a book on it. So you mentioned two names. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with those names. What were you? You said Lee and. Oh, Lee, Lee Robinson. Yeah, this is the, the Yellow Book. It's a classic. Um, he uh, he wrote the landlording, you know, the scrupulous guide, and, and really kind of showed us that landlords can be clever, funny, you know, not villains. He kind of makes fun of the stereotypical landlord, and uh, and we're not always treated really good in the popular culture with the Mister Furleys and so on for for the, that generation. But um, he he uh, probably the the leading you know guide through the gosh seventy eighties nineties, and and it's a big Yellow Book, pretty iconic. And, uh, you know, if you haven't read it, I call it a classic. I have a blog up on, on Bigger Pockets, which we talked about some about the classics of landlord literature. So I'm also interested in that. But, and the other one, of course, JP DeSema, um, it's sort of a fixer up guide. And, uh, he's an interesting author because he had a lot of different strategies, but was actually a part time author working at a, a part time landlord working at a phone company. But, you know, just had tons of units in Reading and does a lot of coaching. But, uh, his, uh, investing in fixer-upper has just really kind of spoke to me in a lot of ways. And whenever I drive down the highway and see a lonely little, you know, multiplex, I think about him and his stories about running out the bikers and making it into a you know, profitable enterprise. So what is your focus right now? Is it actively acquiring your properties? Oh, you know, I'm not really in a buying mode. My, I think that, you know, if the, if the price was right, I might in my area. And I like to stay close to home. You know, you mentioned time a lot. And I, I bring in a lot of management theory to to my uh, book in a practical way. But that, that whole work-life balance and, and stress management, getting too many properties or getting them out of town probably wouldn't work for me. And so, you know, I, I could grow. I think everything in the book is scalable, you know. Um, but, you know, I've got kids, family. And so a lot of the book is systems that help you balance your day job like my fourplex is on the way to work, so it's just really easy to, you know, stop in, shovel the snow, you know, whatever. And then I kind of call them in my introduction to my book, Superheroes, these part-time landlords. You know, we do a Clark Kent, and we change clothes real quick, <laughs> not into a cape, but maybe into work clothes. And we even go into that granular level of what kind of clothes you might want to wear or have, uh, you know, when you're doing the part-time landlord gig. So let's talk about some of your properties. You said you have six units. Yeah. Six rentals. Is that six total units or are, do you have six properties? Right now, you yeah, have six units. And then, of course, uh, one's a fourplex and then two condos. And the neat thing about keeping in the residential zone, I have like a risk management plan, of course, using best practices and the landlord's policy, you know, maybe all the bells and whistles, 300 occurrence, then throw an umbrella on top of that. And they'll, they'll, that'll cover you for, um, for residentials, which is up to four. And then you get the better financing. And so, yeah, but everything that I do in my book is really built on that four units or less. And, um, you know, and I'm eyeing a couple others and could grow a little. But uh, right now it's working really well with, um, you know, with the job and um, and so on. And I have, I did own a finance one of my other condos. And then I could sell one during that first time home buyer thing when there was not much on the market. And I think if you have rentals, what I like it, about it is you've always got a, uh, 
an inventory of homes. So things get crazy and, and there's, it's a bubble or, and I looked, there was no, no condos in that price point. So I said, let's sell it sold in an hour, you know? And so I'm, I'm kind of always um, open to that. And of course my owner finance, I just love that as an extra strategy, but you know, you got to pay them off first for that. <laughs> With the fourplex, how did you acquire it? What can you tell us the numbers behind oh, it and, yeah. and the details? <laughs> that deal had some hair on it, Joe. No, it, it was an interesting one because it was right in the foreclosure, you know, the boom. And I'm kind of, uh, you got you to listen to the market. Don't fight the market, especially as a small landlord or even as a big one, you know. And it was that uh, financial collapse. And it was a day or two before foreclosure. The bank was coming around, you know. And I uh, got in there about three and a half. Um, and um, it worked out pretty well. When you say three and a half, what are you referring oh, to? Three hundred fifty thousand. It might have been three sixty. Uh, it was like around, I think, around two thousand and eight. And they had a little four unit. And actually, at the time, only one was occupied. The others, <laughs> one of them had trash about up to your knees, right? <laughs> and so I, it was kind of an ugly duckling, but it had a real potential because what they were renting for. And uh, and the ability to kind of clean it up, a lot of cosmetic problems. I, I I look for that, you know, cosmetic problems that I can fix. No big structural things that kind of since put on a roof and things. But the neat thing about that property is I just saw one the other day for six hundred thousand, you know, comp. And then also the rent has skipped up really nice in that area. I think I was like, oh, if I could just make a thousand a month, I'd be set. I looked the other day and a guy down the street remodeled one. He's asking fifteen hundred, got them filled. So I really like it as a get rich slow program. <laughs> your rents are going to go up. Your I got that one paid way down, not paid off yet, but um, so um, yeah. If someone wants to you know email me about you know. Uh, exact numbers, but those would be some figures, and it's you know all in the assessor's database, and uh, and there's some listings and so on. But uh, yeah, it's been a really good investment, so I've enjoyed that. What are they renting for now per unit? You know, I'm I'm slightly under market, and that's one of my strategies because as a small timer, you really a lot of things I do in the book. I know you can't let everybody have pets if you have a 500 you know complex, and you maybe want to be really tracking the market. But I like to get. Oh, you know, maybe 5% under market right in there, um, 10% because I keep people for years. Like I like to keep them three, five, you know, and then, uh, you know, maybe kind of incrementally go up. But the real work, you know, and all the part-time landlords know, it's on the turnaround, the, the work you got to do to get that thing back to good rental condition, clean it up. And I do all that myself and then screening and getting a new tenant. And I think of my tenants, I mean, they're like a stream of income. I can keep them happy. Uh, boy, that's that's a real win-win for me, and it's you know, less work, and then it really really does um, does great. So, what are the rents right now? I think I got everybody in there about one thousand one hundred and fifty twelve hundred, and I could go up a little bit. That guy will ask a little more, although he did a complete massive remodel. So, there's room. I think on the next, you know, there's always room to go up. I, I like to go up at renewals or I like to go up at uh, turnovers. And so I've been creeping up, up, up. So kind of neat. You said you picked it up for three hundred around 350000 yeah, in, yeah. in 2008. Was that all cash or did you finance it? Oh, great point. Um, I had, I'd had some uh, condos and it's um, been a few years, but I think I got, see, I got, I put some money down, but then I think I got a loan, a second or something uh, that they put on it and was able to get uh, the down payment uh, part of that finance too. And that was a second loan, which I sent paid off. 
But um, yeah, it wasn't all cash. There was some financing there. But I think now, I think the last time I looked, I owed a couple hundred thousand on it. We've been paying it down, you know, kind of aggressively, and uh, and also it paid off a second, and uh, and so on. It was a local bank deal. It, I don't think it was a bank that was actually foreclosing. Although that, that might have been nice, but it was a um, another local bank. And was that the first investment property? And then you purchased the two condos that you have. No, no, I started as kind of a condo guy, which is kind of against the conventional wisdom. And some of my ideas are against the conventional wisdom. Um, but, you know, you have, you have HOAs and so on. But that's just what I was in. And I'd rented one of those. And I did a rent repeat. And I got into the sort of fog of mirror loan when they weren't, you know, they were letting me have loans really easy. And uh, I had good credit and, and good um, down payment and everything. But when I moved out of one condo, I just simply rented it out, did it again, moved into another condo, rented it out, did it again. I'd lived there a year or two, and we were a growing family, so it made sense anyway. I think at one time I had, um, I should be five or six condos, which was working. And then I have a strategy on that for renters or for landlords. I got on the board. I was president of all the boards. <laughs> and so I was a participating member. I wasn't an absentee person. And then I got a great property management experience because I got to be running essentially two or 300 units, you know, not directly. And I realized, you know, I could, I could do this. And I, you know, I work with people delegated Four units even burned down. So I got to build from the ground up. So I'm going to do a lot on the uh, contractors in my, in my book. Uh, one of the first to have contractors in depth, uh, condos in depth, you know, if you look at the data, census data, millions of people are making the condo thing work, you know, and whether it's appreciation or they got in at a good point or um, there's a couple of those on, bigger pockets even now that are posting about their success in that area. How do you get on the board for all of those different condo associations? Yeah, nobody wants it. <laughs> Generally, yeah. Nobody, the ones that I've been on, it's it's not a real, you know, not like running for the Republican ticket or anything like that. It's like, does anybody want to do this? And, um, and I was really excited. I was a little younger then, and I was excited about property management, and I still am. Um, you know, it's like a mini democracy. So you've got to look out. They all have their nuances and I wouldn't target those that are hostile to landlords. And there are some out there you need to read. And I have a big section in the book. You've got to read your minutes. You've got to do your detective work. Of course, read your declarations and bylaws and make sure it's even okay to rent there and look for a nice, you know, 60, 40, 70, 30 ratio. So there are renters, but they're not overpowering it. So you don't lose your FHA financing or whatever term of financing you're looking for. Cause you have too many, you know, um, rentals, it's kind of a broken condo uh, place, but, uh, you know, and, and I, and this is a big theme and maybe kind of get, I don't want to jump to the best you know, advice ever, but making it fit your lifestyle. And if you're a professional and you're a doctor or something and you can't be out painting the deck on the weekend, you got to save somebody's life. <laughs> maybe you want to go with a condo. You want to be a landlord or you want to be invested in property, but you can't have this beat up fourplex like I did and, and then fix it up from the ground up. Then you might want to look at something that fits your lifestyle. You can't do, you can't do exterior maintenance. So you just got to do interior. If it's pretty well kept up, those can be, you know, really uh, sustainable for the long term for some people. What were the benefits that you received or enjoyed as a result of being the president of the board of the HOA? You know, um, you don't get really a plaque or anything. <laughs> um, I would say it's kind of a, a twofold thing. One, I was able to greatly improve some properties. One, we did a complete remodel. Um, you know, it was like seven-figure project or something and uh, roof, retaining wall, new siding, new windows. And so 
course, my unit helped too and helped the property value. But for me, I think it was the learning and, and little practical things. My book is like, I think I joke, blocking and tackling for landlords. All the practical stuff they don't tell you. So many books, they have your staff do this or have this person do this. And I'm like, I don't have a staff. What do I do? And so my book is like 10 or, you know, almost 15 years now of notes of everything that I've taken down of everything that's happened. It's like, oh yeah, this is what I did here. This is what I did here. You know, 2004 all the way. So I learned a lot. How to get rid of a car if it's stuck there. How do you, you know, get your stuff plowed? How do you, what kind of wood is best? When can you paint? You know, all these practical details. Um, and then that stuff I can apply to actually being a landlord. You mentioned some of your ideas go against conventional wisdom. What are a couple of them? You know, there's a few, and they're in the book. And in a lot of it's because of the scale. Like, I do a pets on approval because I live in this town. The demographic, the psychographic is like, you know, a Subaru and a dog and listening to NPR, you know. And if it was a big jacked-up truck and a you know, and, and something like that, and it was the NRA crowd, I'd probably do something different. <laughs> but I do this pets on approval that I like because – that's my market and it gets me, you know, it gets the phone ringing like crazy. And I find the pet owners are some of the most responsible, you know, government, nonprofit workers and so on. Whereas I know if I had a, a big unit, you know, it'd be, I had 200, 100 units and everybody had two labs, that would be like, you know, do the math, you know, more labs than people. So it would be out of control. But everybody has a black lab. I don't know why. <laughs> We're a brown lab. But that's one. Pets on approval, does that mean you can bring your pets if you get approved? Does that mean you have to approve the pet? My book goes into it in like great depth. Yeah, that's a great point. It means I'm open to it. That's a great point. You don't just throw the door wide open, but uh, I have, you know, insurance requirements for certain breeds. Um, I like to do, look at the behavior. I don't do puppies and kittens. They can get house trained in someone else's house. <laughs> but, um, you know, mature dogs, I like to take, you're also screening the person, you know, and how responsible they are and, and so on. But we'll talk to the, the former landlord and really find out, you know, get on your detective jacket and, and find out how well did that pet do? Did you have complaints? Did you have problems on the move out? And my favorite is they're like, I don't even remember if they had one or, you know, if they, of course, it's a, you want to make sure they did it approved. But if it wasn't a problem, then I find that, that that's going to work for me, too. And I like to get the, the long-term tenant and people with pets off that are. What's one other, very quickly, one other idea that's not conventional or that goes against conventional wisdom? You know, I probably am more into a little of the old-fashioned. I still use, like, self-addressed stamped envelopes. I, lo- I like the rental solution systems that are out there, but I want something if somebody's not even on the Internet and there's a zombie apocalypse, they can still get the rent to me. You know, and people might say, well, they'll say the checks in the mail. That's a, that's a tenant problem. And I love, you know, I love getting the mailbox money. I see some people, probably the younger crowd and I, you know, what's an envelope? What's the, what's the stuff like their stamp envelope? <laughs> but uh, I love getting the mailbox money. I work it into my system. I, the bank is next to the PO box and it's on the way to work. And so that's one, you know, probably one more fun one is I, I really like to look at rental history. We have so many things that are predictive of how a tenant will behave. And I think the best thing is how they've actually been as a tenant. And so if you can really talk to that person, you know, have, have some cues 
about, uh, you know, what were they like as a tenant behavior and payment and even going back a little further. And sometimes it takes a little more time and, and some of the big management companies won't say much, but you know, if you're the squeaky wheel, sometimes you can find out a little bit more information and that will help you. And if they have been long-term tenants who have done really well in the past, they're probably going to do that again. How does looking at rental history go against conventional wisdom? Oh, you know, I think a lot of people do it. I'm not sure if they focus on it enough. I think um, I think it's probably the number one predictor. And maybe you see people look at all these formulas where I've seen a few online where people are doing things with, um, you know, different, uh, whether it's the, the credit profile or the criminal profile. Oh, another one I do in, in light of that is uh, looking at my state court records in pretty, pretty good depth. Um, I'm sure everybody does uh, something like that. But uh, yeah, you know, probably it is, isn't that unconventional, but I would say probably making it one of the most important things. I don't know if everybody does that. I'd have to, you know, really look. But I think it's probably one of my key data points to look at. Mike, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Best ever. You know, I would say you got to make it fit your lifestyle, whatever you're doing. I'll see you on a forum where someone says, oh, these numbers work great on this duplex, but it's in a sketchy area of town far away. And I'll, I'll chime in or hope somebody chimes in and like, would you want to go there at night? Because no matter how well the numbers work, if it doesn't work for your lifestyle, you know, if it's going to cause too much stress, it's probably not a good investment. And that, that probably applies whether it's a thousand units in Thailand that you're buying or the duplex down the street. Make sure it fits your work-life balance and then it will be sustainable and then it's going to help you help people. And I think it's going to, you know, everybody's going to win if you do that. And what's your full-time job? I'm a college professor, which is great. It's kind of flexible. Summers get some time off and the hours are flexible enough that back on the work on the way to work you can shovel the snow and so yeah I would try to if you're doing the the, the part time thing make sure your property profiles uh, fit sort of your lifestyle and what you're doing and that's that's going to be important too. And what do you teach? Business and so it's fun I can talk about you know the marketing mix which you know and I can apply it to rentals or customer service and as a landlord you have to be that jack of all trades that generalist. And I, and I teach in my intro every every subject because you're a little bit of an accountant, a little bit of a marketer, uh, definitely a manager, manager of people, um, you know, managing conflicts. And I and I bring all those back in the book. You know, the I bring I think the first time ever a conflict uh, management strategy to the landlording, which uh, I haven't seen. It's really really helpful. And all of the ideas about delegation, time management, work life balance, I'm able to work them in in a subtle way. So that's been kind of fun. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Mike, what's the best ever book you've read? On uh, real estate? Yes. I'm going to have to say probably that NOLO's legal guide, the old classic, and it's still an updated every year because it just empowered me. I'm a lawyer. I remember the California bar, but when it comes down to what to do in a specific situation, I just don't, you can open that sucker up and that's kind of done a Bible. So probably NOLO legal guide. Best ever deal you've done? Probably that fourplex, you know, way up on appreciation, rent is skipped up and still high demand and I could still go higher. So it's been great. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? Probably not 
upgrading my property quick enough. If you're driving towards it and it feels it's something inside, like I probably waited a few too many years to replace the roof on that fourplex. I mean, it didn't leak or anything, but it made me feel a little negative about the property. And now I got a 50-year beautiful roof ventilation, and it's just, oh, I just love to drive up and look at it. So don't, don't put those big projects off if you can't afford it. And Mike, what's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? Oh, great. Bigger Pockets, man. I'd love to hear from everybody out there. Just message me, colleague me. You can send me an email if you want to look up, uh, look me up on my uh, university site about that. Or, uh, you know, probably that yeah, Bigger Pockets probably will come right to me. I've been checking that out. Like, I'm an addict. I have to admit it. <laughs> Do you want to give out your email? Oh, yeah, sure. You could, uh, you could email me too, uh, River, R-I-V-E-R, and that's uh, at acsalaska.net. So yeah, if you have questions about the book or about uh, landlording or uh, anything, I always love to talk about it. I'm, I'm really excited about landlord education. That's why I'm glad that we got in touch because it's a real passion that, that I have and it's been a lot of fun. Well, Mike, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice with best ever listeners and talking about your experiences as a do-it-yourself landlord. Uh, one of the interesting things that, that I, I found during our conversation is that you got on the board of all of the HOAs as you were buying the condos so that you could influence both the the improvements that are happening, not only at your place, but the those around you, because certainly that ties into the value of yours. Then also learning the property management game and uh, getting experiences while you're aboard and overseeing all these different units and uh, what, what needs to be done. Also talking about some of the, the unconventional approaches that you take is one of them being going old school and uh, doing the, the rent in the mail. One of my personal things, I, I'm not a fan of mailing things just from a personal level. I'm not a fan of mailing things. So it's interesting though, to hear, to hear the contrast and um, it works for you. And, and that's, what's most important. I mean, ultimately it's about whatever works best for the landlord and the tenant. Yeah. So it's about, you know, getting your money whenever you're supposed to get money and, and, and making sure that it's whatever format that makes sense for them. And then also talking about whatever type of real estate that you do. And I 100% agree with this. Make sure it fits your lifestyle. I get the question very frequently. What should I do? How should I get started in real estate? And really, we got to take like a 10 steps back and talk about what are you interested yeah. in? What, what do you like to do? How do you do you want this to be full time or part time? Who do you know already? What markets are you familiar with? But really, it ties into what do you like to do? Because yeah. if we do what we like to do, then it's probable that we'll be successful doing it, assuming that there's a market for what we want to do. And with real estate, the markets are pretty much defined already as far as the different approaches. It's just you might have a slightly different iteration of it, but it's pretty much defined. So knowing what your lifestyle is and, and knowing how you want to design it and then matching up the type of property and investment strategy that you employ is critical to our success. So thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your advice and I hope you have a best ever day. Hey, thanks a lot, Joe. I appreciate it. Anytime. I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group 
that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. Familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt, and uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, So go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Okay, here's a no-brainer. Since you're a real estate entrepreneur, you know that selecting a health insurance plan is a real pain and dealing with the whole process is a pain. That's why I've partnered up with Stride Health, and they make the whole process really easy, and they have a personal concierge service for you to help you out. They've got a fancy algorithm that helps find the right health plan just for you, and on average, they can save you 400 bucks a year, and it only takes 10 minutes. Go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever. That's S-T-R-I-D-E-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com forward slash best ever. 